What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Seasoned Crime. My name is Jasmine Nicole, and I am the host of this true crime podcast that will tell you a story about a minority. Here's where I tell you about people who you most likely haven't heard of. Crime happens to people of every single race, origin, sexual orientation, age, religion. The world of true crime does not discriminate, and neither do we. There are a lot of podcasts that do a lot of stories, but oftentimes these stories are more catered to the majority. Just like crime happens to everyone, the fascination of true crime is also enjoyed by everyone. I wanted to share stories from people whose stories either don't get told or they just don't get told as loud as they should. I want to highlight those who don't normally get the spotlight. So, now that I've gotten all the information about why we're here, how's everyone's week going? Is anyone else as excited as I am about daylight savings time? I just can never get used to it getting dark so early when the time falls back, but I love when we spring forward. After the initial reaction of losing one hour of sleep wears off, I just feel so alive. More sunlight just makes everything better for me, mentally, physically, emotionally, so I'm excited that we have made it back yet another year. Other than that, it's also spring break here in the Dallas area, so that's always a good time. My son is in Houston with some of his family, and so I am, for the first time in my adult life, going to enjoy a spring break of my own. This recording comes out on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, I'm leaving for the rest of the week to go enjoy some beach and sun with some friends, so I'm really looking forward to it. With that being said, I will be taking next week off from the podcast just so I can go and refresh and recharge, and I'll be back at the end of the month for everybody. Enough about what's going on with me. Let's jump into the real reason why everybody's here. The story I'm about to tell you today is a current story right now. My sister tagged me in something about this story on IG a couple weeks ago, and once I started reading up on it, I knew it was a story that needed to be told. The month of March is Women's History Month, and this case is one of the reasons why this month exists. When thinking of women, there are so many strong and powerful things to talk about. However, another part of being a woman that people don't speak on as much are the dangers that come with it. As a woman, things that may not seem like a big deal are terrifying. Like walking through a parking garage structure, getting gas at night, going out wearing whatever you feel comfortable in, but also knowing that what you choose to wear can bring unwanted attention. Being born with an anatomy that entices a male can be what also causes your death. And sadly, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to hop on over to London, and I'm going to tell you about the beautiful Sabina Nessa. In October of 1993, Sabina Nessa was born into this world in London. She was the youngest of two children and was raised in Sandy, Bedfordshire, which is in England. She graduated with a sociology degree in 2014 
from the University of Greenwich, and in 2020, she got her postgrad certificate of education from the University of Bedfordshire. Her dream was to go and to teach in the United Arab Emirates. Sabina had been described as one of the nicest, most kind-hearted people you will ever meet. She was just one of those people that literally everyone loved. She taught school at Rushy Green Primary School in Southeast London. The students and parents had nothing but good things to say about Miss Nessa. So how is it that this school teacher that everyone loved ended up being found dead outside in a park? Let me tell you how this seemingly random act of violence ended the life of someone who was loved so dearly. On September 17th, 2021, Nessa had plans to go and hang out at a bar with a male friend. She lived no more than a five-minute walk from the depot pub in Kidbrook Village, and the weather was nice, so she decided she would walk. The friend was at the bar as expected, but Sabina never showed. Maybe she decided not to come. It was a Friday night, so maybe she was so tired from work or something, and she just stayed home to rest, or maybe something else came up. Either way, he just went along with his night and went home, not thinking anything of it. What this friend had no idea of is that him thinking that nothing was wrong would be a huge mistake. On the same night, a 36-year-old Albanian-born man by the name of Kosi Selamaj was also in town. He had checked into the Grand Hotel in Eastbourne earlier that night. After Kosi checked into the hotel, he got in his Nissan Micra and left. CCTV placed Kosi walking on foot in Cater Park in Kidbrook, Greenwich, around 8 p.m. that night. This was within 30 minutes of when Sabina left her home and passed by that same park on her way to the bar. Sabina walked through the park, heading towards the pub, when at some point, her path crossed with Kosi. I'm not sure if she saw him before this happened, but I do know as she walked through the park, Kosi came up to her and struck Sabina unconscious with a blunt object. After she was hit, her body was then drugged into some bushes, and it was there that she was strangled and left at the scene. Around 9 p.m., Kosi can be seen making his way back to Eastbourne. On his way, he made a stop near the Turnbridge Wells, Kent, near the river. It was here where Kosi disposed of the blunt object that he used to knock out Sabina. The object is believed to be a traffic triangle that is often used in construction to divert traffic another way. Once he dumped the blunt object, he made his way back to the hotel where he arrived shortly after midnight. The next morning of September 18th, a man walking his dog through Cater Park discovered Sabrina's lifeless body under some vegetation in the park. The man who found the body didn't speak out, but he did speak to his neighbor about this traumatic experience. The neighbor told reporters, quote, At first he was just talking to her, thinking it was someone drunk sleeping it off in the long grass. Then, he realized she was dead. End quote. 
Sabina's body showed proof that she had been strangled and beaten before she was left there. The police immediately began to investigate this case, and after arresting and releasing two other suspects, they finally captured Kosi on September 26 on suspicion of murder. A few days later, on September 30th, Kosi appeared in court via video. A few days later, on September 30th, Kosi appeared in court via video conference. His actual location at this time was HM Prison Wormwood Scrubs in East London. During the conference, he admitted to striking Sabina with a blunt object, which was later concluded to be her cause of death. October 16th, Kosi pled not guilty to murder, even though he did admit to being responsible for Sabina's death. Most recently, on February 25th, 2022, there was a pretrial hearing where Kosi pled guilty. This case sent shockwaves through London. Violence against women became a hot-button topic of discussion, so much so that the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, described it as a national epidemic. Women in general seemed to be a target, but it could also be said that when a woman of color was involved, they weren't taken as serious. People all over were determined to stand up and speak out about what had happened to Sabina. Many vigils and rallies were held, and on September 24th, less than a week after Sabina's murder, a rally was held that was attended by hundreds. The rally was held at a mosque in East London, and attendees included faith leaders, women's groups, local politicians, and many more. A video displaying condolences and the need for action was even played that came from Zara Mohammed, who is the Secretary General of the Muslim Council of Britain. The most important attendees were hands down Sabina's family. Jabina Yasmin Islam, one of Sabina's three sisters, spoke out to everyone, saying, quote, We have lost an amazing, caring, beautiful sister who left this world far too early. No family should go through what we're going through. She didn't reach her 29th birthday next month. End quote. Sabina's cousin also spoke out describing Sabina as the kindest, sweetest girl you could ever meet. An unexpected speaker who also stood up and spoke out was Kosi's wife, Ayanula. She kept saying how she didn't understand what he had against Sabina. It made no sense why this happened. It would have made more sense if he had just killed her instead. Although Ayanula had nothing to do with Kosi committing the murder, unbeknown to her, she seemingly played a bigger part in this than she knew. Ayanula worked as a cleaner and a part-time belly dancer. She had married Kosi three years prior to Sabina's murder. Close friends said that over the past few months, Kosi had visibly become more violent towards Ianla, even going as far as trying to strangle her three times. The final straw for her was when Kosi attacked her, and she was so scared that she left him. This was six weeks prior to Sabina being murdered. The cops interviewed Ianla, and it turned out that on the night that Sabina was murdered, 
the hotel that Kosi stayed at was the exact same hotel that Ianla worked at as a cleaner. And in this case, that was no coincidence at all. That night, Kosi had arranged to meet up with his wife in the car park. As far as Ianla knew, they were just meeting up to talk, but she had no idea that Kosi had a room booked there. The two did meet up, but their meeting came to an end when Kosi tried to talk her into having sex with him. Ianla wasn't here for it, so she declined and walked away, thinking that Kosi left as well. Instead, after this unsuccessful meetup, Kosi went back to his room on the third floor of the building, while Ianla went to the second floor, where she cleaned. Just a few hours after they met up with each other, Sabina was murdered. It wasn't until Kosi was gone that she found out from her manager that he was even staying there. The night before Kosi was arrested, Ianla, who had no idea that the police were looking at him, especially not for murder, she went over to Kosi's house to discuss some issues about their breakup. After Kosi's arrest, the police let Ianla go back into the home to pick up some of her things, and she noticed that her favorite jacket wasn't there. She described the jacket to the police and realized that this was the same jacket that was found at the crime scene, covering Sabina's lifeless body. There's no indication that Kosi and Sabina knew each other at all. Even though it sounds like Kosi put a, a bit of thought into his night, it's believed that Sabina was just a horrible victim of opportunity. In the past year, a total of 105 women in the UK have been murdered in cases where the suspect is a male. About a year before Sabina's murder, Biba Henry and Nicole Smallman were stabbed to death in a park in northwest London by a stranger. I will be covering that story upon my return in two weeks, so please hold for those details. Just nine months before Sabina's murder, a white woman named Sarah Everett was killed. She was a 33-year-old marketing executive who was abducted, raped, and murdered by a stranger who pled guilty to all of it. Sarah's case was very high profile, and it received significantly more attention in the press than the sisters or Sabina's case. A charity called Women's Aid released a statement on Twitter that speaks to the unequal representation between the cases. Quote, In solidarity and sisterhood, our thoughts go out to Sabina's friends and family during this harrowing time. All women deserve an equal level of support and attention. It is not good enough that victims from Black and marginalized communities do not receive the same level of profile. End quote. The voices continue to spread awareness about how terrifying it is to be a woman now. Jamie Klinger, who is the co-founder of Reclaim the Streets movement, spoke out saying, quote, There's a bigger fine for littering than harassing a woman on the street. A longer sentence is possible for stealing a dog than strangling a woman. What are our lives worth? What is our safety worth? End quote. Greenwich Council is recognizing the issue, and they are trying to continue to bring awareness to it while also trying to keep women safe. 
They distributed more than 200 security alarms to women and other vulnerable people in the Kidbrook area. This was an attempt to try and make things a bit better, but they got a lot of criticism for this. Many said that all they were doing was turning violence into a woman's problem instead of actually addressing the issue. A social media user reacted to this by saying, Handing out alarms and increasing street lighting merely shines a brighter light on the inadequacy of the state's response. As a woman, there are things that I constantly think about that I feel comfortable saying many men don't. For instance, in this case, Sabina took what would have been a five-minute walk at night through an area that she was more than familiar with, yet someone was waiting for her in the dark. When I first heard this with no blame at all on Sabina, I instantly thought about how freaked out I would be and that me, myself, and I would still drive just because, I mean, I do a true crime podcast. Like, I've read and heard some of the craziest stories and I just don't think I would bring myself, I I just don't think I could bring myself to walk even down the street alone at night. But then I thought about my everyday life and how every night, one of the last things I do, normally around or after 11 p.m., is walk my dog around my apartment complex. Just me and all 10 pounds of my little chihuahua. I'm sure Sabina thought similar to how I feel. Yeah, it's dark, but I'm in an area that I'm extremely comfortable with and familiar with. I'm not bothering anyone along the way. Nothing is going on, and I'm not really doing anything extensive. I mean, she had a five-minute walk. I'm normally out twice that time, if not more, with my dog. Sure, you can say things like bring a weapon or she should have been more aware or a number of things that people on the outside looking in feel would have saved her in this situation. However, similar to what other people had said previously, everyone has a solution for what the women can do and try to help themselves in dangerous situations, yet very few people talk about the why. Giving out whistles and things for a woman to use in case of danger That's not enough to prevent someone, mainly a man, from doing the crime. Rape victims aren't even believed a lot of the times. You have to prove yourself before they take you seriously. When things like this happen to a woman, many people look for the things that the woman could have done differently, like how they were dressed, or the fact that they may have flirted first, or maybe they looked at him in a sexual manner. The excuse is always what the woman did and not about how to prevent the man from getting to that point in the first place. I could go on and on about this. Women's safety, especially women of color, will always be a hot topic here. We have to stop putting the blame on women because men can't control themselves. I saw an article not too long ago, and I believe it was Japan, if I'm not mistaken, but it said that girls are not allowed to put their hair up in a ponytail anymore because that turns men on. Are you kidding me? Once again, teaching young girls how to accommodate to the wrong of men. Anyways, I'll continue to see how the trial goes for Sabina's case and I will keep you all updated. Hopefully this will provide more answers into exactly how this happened, but no matter what is said, either way, 
nothing is going to bring Sabina back. And that was today's story. And that was today's story. A story in Women's History Month that is too common, yet should be rare. Again, I found out about this based on an IG post that the show was tagged in. So if you ever run across a story that you think would be good for me to dig in, feel free to tag us and don't forget to follow the show page either at Seasoned Crime. You can also reach out via email, seasonedcrime at gmail.com. Remember, you can show the show some love by rating and subscribing. I mentioned earlier that I will be on vacation for the next few days, so because of that, there will not be an episode next week. I will be back on March 28th with another story about a minority. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Season Crime. Today's episode was researched, edited, and recorded by your host, Jasmine Nicole.